Dave. We're live. It's happening. Always. And forever. Okay. I like that one. All right, cool. We'll keep it then. All right. We no need to record the intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good start. Oh, my gosh. It's another lovely Wednesday evening here in uh, the beautiful, stormy West Dundee, Illinois. Yeah, Bunch of big storms last yeah. uh, last few nights. Brian's, I know. Got a, Brian's got a whole bunch of trees in his front yard. I, I know. And, well, the bank across the street, yeah. like, I watched the tree, like, get uprooted and pulled out of the ground. And it's a big tree. It's crazy. Yeah. I've never actually seen that happen. I've always seen the damage after. Yeah. Or, like, maybe caught the last glimpse of it when you hear, like, the cracking happen and yeah. then it falls or whatever. Yeah. I watched the whole thing. Like, I just happened to be staring out oh, yeah. at a different tree, and it was just past that one, and then I watched the, like, actual tearing happen. It was it was pretty... It gave me, in that moment, a true appreciation of nature and its power. Yeah. We used to love when this happened when we were kids, because by my grandparents' house, there's a bunch of willow trees on the lake, mm-hmm. and, like, they would fall over. Mm-hmm. And my papa would give us pocket knives, and let us go like whittle. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I would give a six-year-old a pocket knife, but he did. It worked. We all still have all of our fingers, except for my dad. <laughs> but he lost his when he was eighteen. So, <laughs> I mean, only four out of ten. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. He got the one that matters. That's yeah. all that matters. Left him a little short-handed, but that's okay. You know, uh, that's his favorite joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I I do see a certain trend about climate change that we might have to address in the near future about, you know, podcast or when we podcast and some of the craziness that's been happening, more tornadoes, more uh, hurricanes, you know, uh, hotter temperatures, more wildfires, more drought. Bunch of hurricanes, hurricanes. Yeah, uh, so I think that'll be a an upcoming episode. We've talked about climate change in the past, but we're starting to notice it more and more, and it's and it's getting uh, even visible to to Republicans. I think at this point. Ooh, yeah, pretty crazy. <sighs> I mean, speaking of climate change, let's talk about the climate change in Afghanistan. It's still hot, smooth, segue. still hot, still hot, still, still very warm. <laughs> well, and it's not only hot in terms of climate; it's hot in terms of the battlefield. Yeah, which and is, actually, and, and if I may, sorry, yeah, no. because my segue, I, I segue, I prematurely segued. Oh, okay. Because we should we should note before we get into this that we have discovered that the NSA is listening to our podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is uh, pushing the word along to Congress. Um, We've seen you push, you know, the Spotify link to both uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, and Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell. He's M- Mitchell, you dirty dog. That's all. That's all I have. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it, to, to get the ball rolling here, um, the infrastructure bill has passed. been passed, which yeah. is by a large margin too. And not only that, but they've begun setting the framework for the other three and a half trillion that they want to spend Correct, over the yeah. next 10 years or something yeah. like that, uh, which was, you know, an extension of what uh, the Biden administration was trying to get done in the first infrastructure bill. Yeah. Uh, so they've begun laying down the framework. Now, one thing about this particular infrastructure bill that is disappointing is the fact that Republicans would not pass it without those 
uh, things that Kevin talked about last time, the how do you pay for it? The pay fors. The pay fors. Yeah. Um, and all three, uh, the cryptocurrency, the corporate tax, and the other one. Either way, uh, all three were left out. And, the horse stables. No. Uh, all three were left out, and therefore there will be a $250 billion deficit uh, right. tagged on to the debt ceiling. So they're going to also have to manage the budget, and that's a big push on the House side. Is yeah. The, not only the you know reconciliation, but... And I know. believe that's getting ready. They're going to be talking, but that's going to be the next thing to hit the floor once they get back from their, their summer vacation. Right. Those bunch of kids. Hey, everyone deserves a little break. I'm glad, uh, you know, they've gotten their break now they need to come back recharge and get a lot done yeah they come back January. like at the uh, end of august don't they yeah it's I like august so. 22nd or yeah. something like that yeah. they come back i don't know too much time off you get your one week's vacation that's it kids <laughs> spring break not summer vacation I, i'm actually supportive of them getting their vacation no. time it's a high, it should be a high stress job i don't know how seriously some of them take it but uh there's a few out there that deserve it sure. um also, in recent news as well, Cuomo has resigned. Yeah, Governor Andrew Cuomo of yeah. New York has resigned uh, due to the pressure provided by the Mad Libs podcast in its community. I mean, that's it. That was the only, that was like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, he was really talking about, you know, sticking around and his love of New York and what he, you know, what he's done for it and why he he should remain as the governor and... We put out an episode, and all of a sudden, you know, the talking points change. He's like, fine. I get it. <laughs> I mean, if I don't have the Mad Libs in their community, what what is the point of being a governor? Right. What's the point of living? <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, I'm not going to want you to, you know, do anything more rash than that. Just go away from the public eye and, you know, leave us alone. Peace we'll out, handle, Girl Scout. We'll handle it from here. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that's, I, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a solid move. Um, I think it was a necessary move. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that when he talks about how he resigned, he should do it like Ben Wyatt did in Parks and Recreation, where he constantly says that he resi- resigned in disgrace. Uh, he was talking about how he was doing <laughs> the right thing for New York because he's like, you know, the toughness of New York means also the love of New York, and he was doing it for the love of New York or some shit. No, it was a shit. it was a terrible resignation. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Chris his... wrote it for him. No, it would have been much better done. <laughs> we saw the weekend, else we know what he's. We know of what he's ca- in terms of spin. Yeah, good spin. All right, now onward and not so much upward, but onward. Well, you know, when we're talking about Afghanistan, we got to go all the way back. You know, when we're talking about if if you've ever seen the movie Charlie Wilson's War, mm-hmm. you'll actually it's with Tom Hanks, Julie Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's a long that's a long came Polly Philip Seymour Hoffman for those of you that don't know. But Charlie Wilson's War actually kind of talks about how the United States entered into this kind of arming of the Afghanistan troops to fight off you know, Russian expansion. Mm-hmm. And we did so by arming all these people and giving them military training. And, you know, later they become Al Qaeda and, and all that. So we then have 9 11. We then declare war on, you know, 
terrorism, but basically that was Afghanistan. Yeah. And then we branch out to Iraq. And we've been there ever since. So if you think about that, we've been there 20, just shy of 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. And that was the Biden administration promise is that we would be out there by the 20th anniversary. I feel like it's been a lot of people's promise. But we're we're doing it. Biden's Biden's pulling out with a like a like a like a kid without a condom. Yes, an adult without a condom. Sorry. Yeah. I refer, no, no, I refer, no. I refer, I refer, it was I, good. It was good. It was good. I, I'm I'm. I think anybody under the age of thirty is a kid. Yeah, I kind of I kind of say the same thing. But I'm an old man. Yeah. I've seen some things. I feel like the moment you have. A reflection off the top of your head, <laughs> you're considered an old man. And that's me. Mm. So, so to get on topic, I've been blessed with a full get, set of To get on topic here, Kevin. <laughs> what? Um, I was on topic. You brought it on topic. So, the Biden administration has said that they are going to remove the troops from uh, the the ground troops from Afghanistan uh, by the you know the 20th anniversary, and as we've seen the situation become more and more dire by the day uh, he has remained steadfast in his plan to remove the troops. Yeah. So my and question is, is how do you feel about that? Well, I guess it, I think it, like, a good thing to bring people up to speed on if you're not up to speed on it already is so the Taliban is basically um, coming through and they they're typically they're, they're located in the South of Afghanistan, but they've been attacking cities and taking capitals and providences in the North um, and I believe it was just a matter of days ago that it was like maybe four. Then I went to five. Within the last couple of days, it's up to nine providences that they've obtained the capitals of. Mm -hmm. They kind of have a. It's like a. Um, it's typical like Taliban like maneuvers. They come in early in the morning. They just start shooting up and moving out. They capture the capital. They raise their flag and they declare victory. And the other thing about this is we notice when they take over a province, they see. Um, Almost an immediate institution of the Sharia law. Yeah. You know, um, men have to be growing out their beards. Uh, women have to be accompanied by a, a male family member wherever they go, fully you know, covered, all of that. So we're seeing a lot of the institutions of what, you know, the Western culture deems, you know, uh, just not right. And in, in one of the reasons we kind of, kidded ourselves and said we were doing the right thing yeah so what are my thoughts on it back to that yeah um well for anybody new to the podcast i'm a big fan of tulsi gabbard <laughs> and the big thing that she ran on uh was no more uh foreign regime change wars basically like no more meddling in other people's business mm-hmm and now what happened on September 11th was awful. Yeah. And and we there was some, you know, something needed to be done. Right. But we outstayed our welcome in my mind in Afghanistan and um you know, after you know, we supposedly took out al-Qaeda and took out all these other people, um you know, we just we stuck around, we kept fighting. Um and whether or not we should have done that and, and stayed as long as we did, you know, what do I know? I'm just a guy doing a podcast out of a garage with my best friend. Um, but I, I feel as though now we've we, we've gotten ourselves into a predicament. A predicament. Mm -hmm. we're, we're very much in a pickle mm -hmm. um, and not good pickles. Um, 
because now that we're trying to pull out, now the Taliban's really coming in. They're really stepping up everything. And now when, when, when we were originally saying that we're pulling out, they, they thought the Taliban was going to attack. Mm-hmm. But they thought they were going to do it after we were gone. Right. Now they proved us. They proved that fact wrong. They started much earlier. And where you see a lot of this, these, these takeovers of the capitals, um, the U.S. is not intervening. They're, they're, Biden has been kind of steadfast, and this is when we're pulling out. We're going to let the uh, Afghan uh, government handle this the way that they choose to handle it. Um, and it's just a hard thing. They're, they're, first of all, they're ill-equipped, um, both the government and the troops. Um, you know, the troops are, a lot of them are, are kind of like running. Cut, they're cut and running, you know, during these battles because right. they don't have the equipment they need. A lot of the equipment they had, they had to buy for themselves. Um, I was watching an interview where um, they were basically saying that they, you know, a lot of them aren't getting their their monthly pay, so they're just like, okay, we don't have what we need, we don't have the backup that we need. I'm not going to stay here and fight. Right. Um, you have other situations too where, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, where, you know, you've got these Taliban soldiers basically going in and bribing elders in the community to convince people to lay down their weapons and just not fight. Um, so there's a whole lot of things going on there. They've been able to capitalize on a lot of things very quickly. Um, and so we run into this this issue where it's like, well, what do we do? So we're basically leaving them to fend for themselves. Right. We didn't, I mean, we gave them some training, all that kind of stuff, but I really feel like we're leaving them high and dry. And so part of me feels as though we need to rebalance the scales. Okay. You know what I mean? Part, and, and I hate to say that because, you know, you've got all these soldiers that have been over there for a long time. You know, some of them may be in their first tour, but a lot of them are not. No, a lot of them are in their second, third, fourth. Yeah, yeah fourth tours at this point. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I, I know they want to go home to their families, but now it's like, do we really leave them to have this civil war, you know, or do we, do we really leave them to be taken over by the Taliban? You know, cause I mean, what issues does that bring? Right. Um, so, you know, as it stands, 65% of Afghanistan is controlled by the, the Taliban. Um, they're pushing into, like Kevin had said, the nine provinces already, and now they're going after Kabul. Now, Kabul is a stronghold that is pretty essential to the power struggle of Afghanistan. That's also where the uh, the American embassy resides or, or nearby. So that is a major area of concern right. for uh, both the American forces, but certainly the Afghanistan government. Uh, with that said, the Afghan president has said that this is like 1861 in America and, you know, we're in a si- similar situation as President Lincoln. And they are facing a civil war head on. Uh, and the uh, Jen Psaki had said that the United States government will continue to provide uh, equipment, food, uh, finances, so they will continue to pay the salaries of the Afghanistan soldiers uh, for the government, and continue for the time being providing air support. Now, there are some major issues with what's going on, and you you kind of 
we're right around where where I want to go with it is, you know, if we're bailing on them, there's a certain sentiment that will be left behind. And Certainly. there were a lot yeah. of Afghanistan Afghan civilians that helped the American troops, translated, uh, started started their businesses under, you know, the advisement of Americans, like, hey, you got to rebuild your country. So they took, you know, uh, you know, that advice and began businesses and uh, aided in, in intelligence and resources and logistics. And they did all these things with the idea that they would always have the protection uh, from the yeah. Taliban because the Taliban isn't going to look kindly on the people that were serving on the American side of, of, of the situation. So I know those people, um, I was listening to, I believe a podcast or something where someone had been interviewing the people and they, you know, they said the government has publicly said that they support this position of the Americans. They appreciate the continued support, blah, blah, blah. But on the ground, the civilians are very upset. They feel betrayed by the Americans who are leaving them now as we start to see the tides turn against them. So that's why I feel very, very conflicted about this whole scenario. Um, we entered a war without a true plan, and I understand, like, it was a war on terrorism, and we had to go after our Osama bin Laden for what he did. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that position, but we didn't have it well planned out. And we're sitting here with a country that we effectively dismantled and, and helped start laying the foundation to build back up, but they're not there yet. Right. And what can happen as we've seen in the past when we do this, is we give them the foundational resources to develop, but it, it's not going down a certain path. Right. And the They're, resentment will take them down the wrong path with the right foundation. So they'll build back better and stronger, but in the direction we don't want them to go. And that's the scary part for me if we bail on this. Yeah. You know, and, and part... Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, did you have a point? Well, I was going to say... I saw, the the hand, I saw the yeah. hand motion. And the reason I'm... <laughs> I just did it again. And the reason I'm conflicted about it, though, is in 2004, I voted for Bush again because I was like, we need to, to lead us during this wartime, blah, blah, blah. And now looking back, I realize how fatal a mistake that is to have gone to these wars. And it's easy to look back and say, oh, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the same time, when will we decide enough is enough, you know, similar to like Vietnam or, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't need to be an endless war. We decide when it ends in terms of when we pull our troops out. Right. Well, who did Bush run against in 2004? Was it Kerry? Uh, yes, John Kerry. Yeah. yeah. Maybe John Kerry could have saved this. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's the thing is like, I, who, know, I, I, who knows? Yeah, who I knows? Like who knows how how he would have handled it? You know what I mean? You know what it's like? It's like those Marvel comics, which there's going to be a new series called What If. It's, it's easy cool. to to you know bring up hypotheticals and well, what if this would have been? Yeah. What if John Marvel, Kerry would have been? Yeah, Marvel's president. great at that shit. Yeah, uh, that's why they have so many alternate universes. Um, Chadwick Boseman's last performance is actually the voice of the Black Panther in the What If series coming out soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Before he passed away, he he finished. Uh, the voice acting for it. So that's I'm crazy. That's really crazy. 
Um, yeah, it's it's a really tricky situation, and and how to handle it is is very strange. But like, I, I feel as though going into the whole idea of like, okay, cool, we want to pull out by the or by the anniversary of of, of September 11th. Okay, cool. So what? plans are we going to put in place to make sure that things run smoothly for them to make sure that they're fully equipped because I feel like it was just and you know maybe I'm missing something but I feel as though it was just like a I want this on my on my record that I pulled the troops out of Afghanistan without really saying here's you know step a b a through z how we're going to do it what we're going to do how we're going to make sure the taliban doesn't take over and now that it's happening I think it's even more important to be like okay whoa 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 I know that we want to be out by September 11th, but are we going to screw ourselves um, in order to do it? You know what I mean? Because if the Taliban takes over, first of all, I know that there's already been um, some things said about how we're not going to recognize any of the Taliban provinces provinces that have mm-hmm. been taken over. Mm-hmm. So say the whole country gets take over, taken over, worst case scenario. We don't recognize them as a country. They completely resent us. You know what I mean? We have made this enemy that is just, you know, we definitely don't want. I think we have enough enemies. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, do we stick around? Do we fight it out? You know, and at what point do we stop then? Right. You know, because there's there's the there's your your big question. Do, do we have to destroy all the Taliban? How do we do it? How do we know they're all gone? I mean, w- the the feedback I have heard mm-hmm. from the military sources, right? Like uh, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Dave uh, Daniel Davis, he had said that the Biden administration essentially needs to stay the course and, and be removed. He's been one of the most vocal advocates for the last decade yeah. in uh, exiting Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So I look at this and I I look at it as like it's a rotting fruit from the inside. Yeah. And you don't realize, you know, you're like, oh, well, we got to do the right thing. And it's just rotting to the core. And we, we, we at some point you got to throw the fruit out. And what I mean by that is this. We essentially have to leave because we're not doing a service there. It's a. It's essentially a corrupt government right now that's not fully uh, taking on the responsibility, <clears throat> and right. you have a Taliban force that is going to continue pushing forward. And at some point, whether we like it or not, we're just delaying an inevitability. Yeah. And for me, the reason I come down on the side of the Biden administration is from what I've heard from the military personnel, but also... At some point, you just you gotta you gotta leave, and, and yeah. there's no good I mean, time. There will never be a good time. Afghanistan well, would be better off in terms of safety for its you know government and whatever the longer we stay, but we will never exit. Then here's where you run into the issue. It's not just a country that you're talking about. It's people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've got tons of people. And, and the U.S. has started to try to help to get refugees out and give mm-hmm. a lot of the translators um, and some mm-hmm. military personnel, like, refugee status. Right. And Bi- that's a big thing that Biden has done. It's hard for me to say, like, okay, let the Taliban keep going through and just, like, destroying these people's lives. 
you know. <sighs> but you're the one saying, like, don't fight other countries' wars. I understand that. Like, the Taliban was I, there before us. We understood. pushed them back. Understood. And helped those people. But that is that our job? And part of me says yes, but then we don't do it well enough here. And I understand that. This is like this is where like emotion comes into it, right? Because my you're my, thinking of a child. My my, my, yeah. un, my unemotional self says, "All right, fuck it, let them go, cut ties, peace out, Girl Scout." You know, and then when the Taliban comes over and they start trying to attack us, or start trying to to do stuff to military, military, you know, or to the U.S., you know, you know, drop the bomb, whatever. I don't know, not the bomb. Yeah. But a bomb, not. But not the a bomb. Not the <laughs> bomb. Hint, hint. hint Don't hint. say anything else. Oh Don't anything wait. Else. Don't say anything else. When are we announcing? That was an Easter egg. Easter eggs before or after Easter, but before Easter too, because yeah. Easter's coming again next year. Hopefully. Hope so. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't say anything. Nailed it. Um, so it's, I don't know. I really don't know. And I hate I don't mean to keep saying that and repeating myself, but it's it's weird to try to come up with some sort of a strategy. I think it should have been handled better from the get-go. Um but it wasn't, you know, and, and hindsight's uh 2020 and hindsight's a bitch. So, you know, there's nothing we can do about it now. If we pull out, I'll feel really really bad for all those Afghan Afghan, you know, people. Um mm -hmm. But I mean at this rate, how long before the Taliban takes over the whole country. I, I would venture a guess not very long. No, I mean... If they, and it's, if they, and if it's almost like two decades were wasted, and I get that. Yeah. Other than Osama bin Laden got killed. Okay, great. He would have been probably dead by now anyways just from living his life. Yeah. He was old and decrepit. But the other two decades of work will have been lost. For sure. But there's a, there's a sunk cost fallacy. Like, we're just sinking more and more money and resources in, in yeah. our human beings yeah in this effort where no one else in the world is if 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 germany france and england said you know what you've carried it for 20 years we're coming in to help you we're going to push back the entire taliban with you and it was a world a global effort then yes i would say let's stay that's a see i like that but i really but they're like not that. and that's Yo, for a good reason you know what though NSA, listen up. <laughs> I need you to get me on the phone. With Angela it. Merkel. Yeah. Get her on the Macron. phone. Yeah. And all, Johnson. Now. Yeah. All of them now on the phone. Conference call. No, no, no. Don't get them on the phone. Make them listen to the podcast. We need the listeners no, 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 and no, no, subscribers. No, no, no. Get them on the podcast. Okay. Okay. So, get them on the podcast. So, uh, we'll get some German listeners for sure. Boris Johnson, Angela Merkel. Guten Tag. Uh, President Macron. Uh, thanks for listening. Please yeah. like and subscribe. <laughs> Share to your friends. Yeah, across the world. I'll start. I'll learn German. Guten Tag. I literally just said that. <laughs> oh, did you? Damn it. it. <laughs> That's okay. Nine. I know that. That means no. Uh, all joking aside, since this isn't a global effort, I really do feel that it's time for America to pull out and uh, let let the chips fall where they may. And if you need to start you know, using the global community, the United Nations, if they start seeing a certain level of, you know, human uh, atrocity, like, you know, the, the Sharia law becomes as... Sharia law is scary. Yeah, it, if it becomes as awful as it was in, in, you know, the earlier, you know, 19... Or not the earlier 1900s, in the earlier 2000s and mm -hmm. 90s and 80s that we saw, well, 
then we impose sanctions and we do it the same way we would most other countries. And, yeah. you know, we, we handle it that way. Um, and then we can intervene with the United Nations and proceed the proper way, not right. out of anger, but out of promise for change. When we went to Afghanistan the first time, we acted out of anger. No good decisions come out of anger, yeah. period. And it was a rash decision. I'm not saying it was the wrong decision, but it was the wrong decision to not have a plan. Right. Same thing with the pullout. You know what I mean? I, I just don't feel like there's enough of a plan. D there's absolutely a plan. There's not a plan for Afghanistan. There's a plan for America. No, and I understand that. I understand that. I watched way too many videos and way too many like news reports mm -hmm. on like all the children and stuff like that. And I'm like watching a mother fan her child because they're stuck out in a freaking park because they've been pushed out of their homes. Yeah. And that breaks my freaking heart. It really does. That's 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 what it is, man. It's all that and I, I usually try not to um come into something with so much emotion, but in this time it was just this this time around it was hard for me. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of a child huddled up with like all of their fam uh, familial possessions. Yeah, and he's just sitting yeah. there, laying on it, yeah. sleeping, as they've been displaced. And I yeah. get that, and I and, and I'm heartbroken that we ever went there and caused this friction. And I know we tried to do the right thing ish. I just it's gonna make so many. It's yeah, it's gonna make so many more enemies because they're gonna be like they bailed on us. But but there there would be anyways. We're just delaying an inevitability. Yeah. They already have sixty five percent, and they're going to be taking Kabul, which has the American embassy. Like, I think they've already started to evacuate the the American embassy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a fortress too. But, so I don't think there would have been any harm necessarily. Like, don't start thinking like this is Benghazi, but it would have been a similar uprising um, happening around it, and it would have just been very very difficult yeah. to evacuate. So I think they've. They have evacuated it, and they're evacuating the rest of the soldiers because, you know, What's September's rolling around. Yeah. And, like, you got to, like, do it safely and securely. Yeah. And and I do, I do believe that, yes, America should continue to provide, you know, foreign aid. And, you know, mm -hmm. even I, I, at first it caught me off guard, like, why are we paying their soldiers money? But, like... If that will help them continue the fight, then so be it. Right. But I'd rather pay the money rather than have our soldiers in harm's way. Yeah. There. No, fair. Fair point. For sure. I mean, they've done it for 20 years. It's time to come home. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch 13 Hours today when I'm editing this. Great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, sad situation. Fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else on Afghanistan? You know, this is why uh, we just need to mind diplomacy our, yeah. and politics can be so difficult. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought that to everyone's attention. The idea of like, it's not just a country, it's yeah. people. And, and we talked about it like an episode or two ago, like we focus so much on the macro both in the news and on a podcast yeah. and yeah. you know conversations with people about politics it's always the macro mm -hmm. you know the big picture and we forget about the micro and what's happening at an individual human level like how is this impacting your aunt how is this impacting your former second grade teacher yeah. like people are impacted whether it's you know, the economy crashing and or the pandemic or whatever people at an individual level. 
Yeah. Their hearts, their souls, their families, it's all affected. Dude, for real. For real. And you know what? And, and this is like a situation, and we've had this conversation before, and I don't want to like, I'm not trying to delve into it. I'm just, you know, everyone says how messed up the United States are, but like, this is a time where you can sit back and just be glad that you were born here or be glad that you live here. Yeah. As, uh, you know what I mean? As I believe it was Creed on the office that I already won the lottery. I was born, I was in, the born in the U.S. of A, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm very, very critical of the United States because I'm critical of, of anyone or anything. Like, I want it to be better. I do it of myself. I want, you know, in my professional life, I want to be better all the time. Yeah. Even though I think I'm doing pretty well. But that's 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 true love. Like, showing, hey, let's keep improving. Let's keep getting better. But you're right. There is... When you look at what it's like in Afghanistan, especially on the outskirts, the the sixty five percent that's controlled by the Taliban, it's it's a very dire situation. Certainly, um, yeah. So, I, I am hopeful that somehow a miracle happens, and you know they get to the negotiating table to end the war and start some sort of peace operation. You know, maybe that is a situation where. Uh, the Taliban gets certain control of areas or, or you know, certain laws have to be, uh, you know, handed down f- throughout the entire country or whatever the case is. But I'm, I'm hopeful that some sort of political diplomatic measure is taken and, and the war stops altogether. Let me ask you this, and I don't mean to extend this conversation. Well, I don't care, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I know that we have more to talk about today, but... Um, yeah. We also planned on talking about this Monday night, and that didn't happen. So, yeah. um, thanks a lot, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think? Because, like, you look at different conflicts and and skirmishes and wars, and you know, there's there's always two sides to a story. Yeah, but sometimes there's like a, a clear bad guy. World War Two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Germany. Mm-hmm. We just talked about bringing you into this and saving the day. Mm-hmm. But you look at World War II, yeah, Hitler was the bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty clear, pretty evident, like it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a situation where there's there's little gray and there's a lot of black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, in this situation, do you feel as though, you know, is is the Taliban really the bad guy? Yes. Agreed. Okay. So, I, just, I, I wanted to get, so I wanted to get your thing. take on it because, like, I see it as such an, like, all right, these guys are a bunch of a-holes. Do they really deserve anything? So here's the thing. When it came to terrorism... Like, I do believe in one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, right? I, I Certainly. Do believe yeah, that, definitely. Right? Definitely. I get you. Um, you know, like Vietnam, you look at the Viet, you know, the Viet Cong and, and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, they were the bad guys. But it's like, were they? They were they were defending their own lands and whatever. And yeah, yeah I get you. You know, Ho Chi Minh wasn't necessarily the worst guy in the world. Maybe not the best. But um, when we're when we're looking at the Taliban, for me, there's a certain level of oppression that they bring and I am, you know, uh, very opposed to that. So when I look at a situation where the Taliban are the other side, I feel as though there's no redeeming quality, right? There's no redeeming quality from them in the sense that like they're trying to impose Sharia law, which, you know, oppresses women. It, holds oh, women, certain, certain gays, people down anything yeah right and and they do so in the name of their religion so i do think you know there's a certain factor of like 
religion in general um, can be very good. It can be very bad if it if it's weaponized in a similar fashion as like the Sharia law. Yeah, you know we we have a very very dire situation. So I do think there's some semblance where if I'm trying to lead with empathy, if I'm trying to really understand all sides of of the story, there's there's a struggle here with you know, a, a certain religious upbringing. Right. And it has led people to have certain convictions and certain beliefs where they are allowed to oppress and, and, and yeah. stuff. So I, 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 I hate to say like, yes, there is a definitively a bad guy here, but I don't feel bad general, saying it. That's why I asked you though, because I wanted to make sure that I shouldn't feel bad. Saying it. <laughs> I don't think there is a like, I didn't know if I was just being like my normal. No, I mean a holy yeah, self. If, like I said, if if we're being empathetic, we have to realize that you know people were brought up a certain way to do yeah, certain certainly. But, you know, you gotta grow up and and learn and and change and evolve and and certain people don't and. That's well, just in how certain situations, it's hard. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like you look at North Korea too. Like, how are you supposed to learn and evolve? Right. You got no freaking internet. Right. Or what internet you have, I think, is like monitored or whatever. Yeah, or you know, you grew up. You grow up in in America, and you're part of a gang. You know, you grow up, and that's what you know. And you know to to carry carry a a firearm and you know swing drugs, and that's how you make a living, and that's how you get what you want in in this life. And And if you're lucky, you're well. I was gonna say if you're lucky, you're Biggie Smalls, but well, well, right. I mean, he could have ended up lucky. Yeah. Hopefully he faked his own death and he's living on an island somewhere with Tupac. No, neither of them would still be alive. You don't think so? No. How old would they be? I don't know. Just the way they lived their life, I don't think. I mean, they would be in their 60s, right? I have hope. (laughs) Speaking of hope. Star Wars? No, COVID. Oh. I'm losing a lot of hope. You know, I was... Um, you know, when you see the numbers from Texas and you see the numbers from like, you know, rural parts of the South, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or too far ahead of the podcast here, I suppose, but I did just watch a very interesting video and it wasn't really anything accredited. So I'm not going to say that like it's the end all be all, but it did give me a shred of hope. It was a doctor. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, and he brought up the way that the curves ended up happening in like, um, other countries in the UK with the Delta variant, um, in India and like all these other spots where like there was this, these super high rates of Delta variant. Um, but how rapidly they, they, the curve corrected itself. I'm really hoping for that. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how much, um, you know, I mean, did it correct itself or did the countries shut down? I think it was probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I think it was probably a little bit of both for sure. Um, I'm hopeful here. You know what I mean? I really am. Um, it's scary. Um, that's absolutely uh, apparent, I think, for everybody. I think if you're not a little bit scared. Um, yeah, the seven-day average crazy. The seven day average has climbed to over 1,000 or 100,000 people getting COVID, um, which is the highest it's been in over six months. And my biggest hesitation, my biggest concern is 
we talked about it, I think, in like the second podcast of how people were going to get exhausted about COVID, like just talking about it, just dealing with it mentally and emotionally and, you know, not getting to see family or not getting to go to your favorite restaurant on a Friday night or not going to the movies or whatever the case was. There's just going to be this, you know, exhaustion. And I was very adamant that people just needed to stay the course. And, of course, we didn't. And, you know, I I get it. I get why people just needed to release. Like, I understood why people wanted to go to Lollapalooza and do those things. But we're seeing an infection rate happen at a... it, I, what I feel is going to be a quicker rate than we did in some of the worst parts. And I don't think we're ever going to shut down. I think the vaccination is helping temper that, that, you know, curve, but you also have people actively working against measures to slow the, slow the curve. Right. Like DeSantis and Abbott, the governors of Florida and and, uh, Texas, actively working to prevent mask mandates. Yeah. You know, then you've got people like what was it? uh, Kansas, Arkansas, 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 where he was. Now he's trying to fight Congress, the state Congress, uh, the state legislator on the mask mandate that he started he's like wait whoa, 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 this is bad this is yeah. bad the numbers are climbing i mean i don't know i, f- I feel like here, here's i'm gonna try to give you a little bit of hope sure okay yeah um because there I, I mean i can't be the only person doing this uh, i know i'm not the only person doing this i saw uh ian and christine they do this now yeah. where they come into the restaurant with masks on again good you know they sit down then they take their masks off um you know when they're eating and drinking um, and I've been seeing more and more people come into the restaurant with their masks on. Um, and when I go out, you know what I mean? I've got my mask on. Um, when I go to the grocery store, the oh, kids good. the kids and I good. have our masks on. Uh, I, I, I haven't I, been, so I'm going to start now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have been, yeah. And, and you know, actually, Anna, Anna was the one that got me started on it. She's like, you really should. And I was like, okay, fine, I love you. You're the best. I'm the worst. <laughs> Well, um, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's something simple to do. And what I've been doing too, I haven't been going places. I've been, I've been doing like curbside pickup again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I curbside picked up, picked up your microphone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thanks guitar center. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I guess there's gotta be other people doing it, Brian. But here's the thing, Kev, it's going to be the same people that were doing it in the first place. Yeah, but I can only control me. And that wasn't, I know, and you're absolutely right. I can only control me, and I'm going to do my best. Right. No, that's true. I got the hand sanitizer back out behind the bar, hand sanitizing during during everything, you know what I mean? Each transaction. Yeah. Been sanitizing my pens. You're welcome, regulars, if you listen, which I think a lot of you do. (laughs) My, My biggest concern, and I think this will, if, hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't, really uh get out of control with a certain demographic but the 50 and younger demographic mm-hmm. i think it's 50 to 30 or 25 to 50 or something like mm-hmm. that yeah that particular demographic is 50 to 35 maybe i'm probably in it here nor there there's a certain surge in a much younger group so we're seeing you know the 18 to 30 and the 30 to 50 groupings 
really surge. Yeah. Um, well, it's and, the and, highest. And, the the fifty and younger demographic is the highest, and then fifty to sixty is the second highest. Whereas early on, we we're like. Yeah, if you get it, you're fine, as long as you're not, like, 80 or you don't have a bunch of comorbidities. But we're seeing a lot more young people, the 35-year-olds without comorbidities, um, being hospitalized more often and dying more often, you know, if they're if they're un- unvaccinated. And that's the part that concerns me. And the, the other part... Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the numbers yeah. as far as that goes. But go on, and then I'll say what and, I have to say. And then the child and teen... Uh, COVID cases mm-hmm. have spiked almost a hundred percent in the last week. Well, and a lot of that is just because of like when the vaccines came out for certain people as well as like when you could go get it. I mean, now you can go get it really whenever, except for it's not been approved for children. Correct. Uh, They're actually proposing to the FDA for an emergency case usage for five to 12 year olds. Cause it's 12 and above that you yeah. can get vaccinated. And you know, my neighbors have kids that are in that range, 12 and above, yeah. and, and they've gotten vaccinated. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, okay, I didn't even know that was possible yet, and so I did a little research. And now they're they're mo- moving for, I mean, they're already doing, they've already been doing the trials for 5 yeah. to 12. And they're saying it's been very, very positive. Uh, so what we need to really start considering an emergency case usage as we then tomorrow my daughter goes back to school yeah kids are going back to school and you know in in our area the mask mandate remains Mm -hmm. for students and teachers which i'm very happy about um but i see it going on in florida where there's not you know desantis is doing all he can to stop it and i think it was brower county uh approved the mask mandate yeah, there's been a couple, I think, now. Well, they were they, the governor has signed no mask mandates, and the school board approved it yeah. after. Yeah. So, like, some parents are trying to fight it and all that, but they've also had, I think it was 194 hospitalizations of children in that county alone yeah. in the last month. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that a lot of the hardest hit people, too, are in that, like, they've it's gone down from the 65. You know what I mean? Like, they're saying, like, 35 to 50-year-olds. Um, like you were saying earlier, um, are really struggling with it now. And then they said pregnant women as well, um, which makes me nervous. Which, well, yes. But, oh, which, by the way, Jason, thank you for the Snapchat earlier. Appreciate you. Uh, the FDA has approved or or shown the statistical research saying that it is very safe for women that are pregnant to get it. And they're starting to urge it just in case because it would be very difficult to deliver, you know, under certain circumstances if you needed to be hospitalized for COVID. Right, yeah. So with that said, there is some good news, something to be hopeful for. Yeah. We've seen a huge surge in vaccinations. Especially in rural places like Arkansas, Missouri. Uh, Missouri Louisiana had a 110% increase yeah. or something like that yeah. in the last uh, month or so. So. I mean, I guess you're right. There is something to be hopeful for. Well, you have I to just... keep you have to keep hopeful. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to stay positive because otherwise, like, I mean, I'm a nervous wreck just listening to you talk about this right now. Well, I, I you, you know, know I mean? you're right. And here's the thing. Like, just take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. You know, get the vaccine if you can. 
Um, wear a mask. Yeah, wear a mask. Especially don't, if don't you can't go, get don't, vaccinated. Don't, don't go. And I hate to say this because I work in a restaurant and I make my money off of people that go out. But like, don't go out if you don't have to. Yeah, don't be in. in you know, if you're vaccinated, go have a blast. Well, yeah, that's true. And there is there is a, a small breakthrough rate, uh, you know, given how much we're exposed now and like we're trying to live life normally. But, you know, 50% of the population is double vaccinated or has been fully vaccinated, I should say. 58.5% uh, has gotten at least one shot. Now, in Why did I June, think it was higher than that? Well, we both, well in June, the supposition was 70% would be vaccinated by July 4th. And then they kind of backed it up because the trend was going that direction. Mm -hmm. But then there's been this major pushback as the world has started opening up right the world was like okay we're we're approaching certain levels we're green in phase four or whatever and we're looking at that and we see okay life is getting back to normal i don't need to get vaccinated we got enough yeah and i think there was this major decline and there's yeah. a lot of people that have either vaccination hesitancy they don't believe in vaccinations they're also, plenty of people that are immunocompromised and can't, that's the issue, you know. But I will say this. We're not seeing people die in hospitals or be put on ventilators when they've been vaccinated unless they have other conditions like they're immunocompromised so or they're going through chemotherapy. I was reading about how, like, certain people uh, had, you know, cancer, survived, you know, got the COVID vaccine, we're doing well. And then, you know, cancer came back, you know, out of remission. And so they went back on chemo and, you know, their immuno, their immune system has been compromised. Therefore, you know, uh, the vaccine was no longer as protective, but I don't, I don't mean to scare people. I just want people to recognize the situation. I'm not a person that's going to sit back and say, ah, their choice like what you know i i want everyone to survive and do well and not you know have to deal with long covid or anything like that i just i'm 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 so hopeful sometimes and then i'm so nervous like when i see these assholes like desantis and abbott talk or a rand paul i'm not and rand you know paul coming out and saying they can't they can't jail us all don't you don't have to do this and he's the one like getting jabbed. Like, what are you talking about? How all I'm going to say is this: I don't give a shit about what any politician says about this or what any politician's trying to do. This comes down to like, all right, time to be a good human being. Don't worry about what you know. What I mean, listen to the science the best you can. Make your own decisions. Like I was saying earlier, just be safe. Take proper precautions. Wash your freaking hands. You know what I mean? Wear your mask if you're not vaccinated or wear it if you are vaccinated. Who cares? Do yeah. your own thing. Yeah. This comes down to a, a, a per person basis. Well, do yes, best, I know. Do you, what I'm saying is, Brian, we've, politicians we've, can say whatever they want. I don't always listen to politicians. Yes. You don't have to always listen to politicians. It's I not don't. You don't have to go based on whatever he says. I understand that, but I'm not making it I about any one even, politician. I Brian. wouldn't even listen to him about my eyes. And he was an ophthalmologist. Yeah. All I'm saying is that, you know, do what's right by you. And if it's wrong, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Made you laugh. Hopefully. Hopefully I didn't offend anybody. If I did, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
our sub- Spotify subscriber count just dropped. No, it just no, went up. It they're went like, up. They're like, oh Viral. god. They're like, oh thank god. That was heaven. That was if- Brian was about to make me fucking cry, and then Kevin came in and said, "Fuck you." <laughs> My wife's going to make it through this episode to the very end. She's like, Kevin, you did a great job on the no swearing. I even heard you stop yourself a couple of times. But then you said fuck you to a bunch of people. <laughs> I don't really mean fuck you, you guys. No, I do. No, I'm just saying, like, do your, just do you. Be healthy. Be kind. Love each other. God, I'm starting to sound like Brian. Ugh. That was close. Gross. That was close. You almost said it exactly verbatim. Yeah. But here I am saying it, so you know it's right. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that was my Rand Paul quote. That's something he would say. Yeah. Hey, I mean, McConnell was out there promoting it. Um, lots of Democrats. I mean, people are promoting it. I know it's getting the, the hard thing is, is the amount of misinformation that gets pushed and like, oh, this doctor spoke at a, you know, school board meeting and then I'm, you know. I'm watching this six minute clip and, and he, he talks about his medical experience and stuff like that. He's a family doctor yeah. that does kind of the holistic yeah. type. Yeah, 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 I get you. And that's that's fine um, when it comes to like, you know, eating right or whatever, your gluten intolerance. Um, but he spoke so thoughtfully. It was very convincing, but he was going against pretty much everything the CDC has said. Yeah. That doctor that I was talking about, too, and I don't mean to drag this on any longer, but no, um, we're almost. He was, uh, he was he was he was he was very informative about things. And the one thing that he said is there was seven models made for the way that it was supposed to hit the UK. And, and every single one of the seven projected it to increase super heavily. Um, even with everything going on with the mandates and all that kind of stuff. Um, I might even still have it pulled up on YouTube, Brian. Hold on. Um, da, 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 da. Nope. I have something about the Taliban. But regardless, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, well, I'm not going to pause. Well, here, here's something to be but very seven, excited about. Seven, anyway, seven before, and just sorry, just okay. so I can finish my all thought. Right. Seven of those models projected it to, like to do nothing but increase. All seven models were wrong. It hit this point, and then it just well, they have 74 percent immunization, double dose, double dose, baby. So I'm always on in that. In terms doo-doo. of vaccination rate, they're at 74 percent, and that's why their Delta variant has calmed down. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that's something to attribute. And for people that want to argue, well, masks don't work. I mean, South Korea was very, very active with their yeah. usage of masks and got it under control. And for those of you that don't think South Korea is very large, just compare South Korea to Florida. It's about the exact same land size and population size, population density, you know, in metropolitan areas, all of yeah. that. It's almost a carbon copy. Uh, the wearing of masks was very dominant in South Korea, not very dominant in Florida. And that's why we are where we are. So I don't think that's the only one variable, but I get what you're saying. <sighs> I think there's multiple variables. I think this is like a big old math equation with a bunch of fucking letters that don't belong. But, but it, it's... 
I think not. I do. I think th- I do. I don't think masks are the only one factor. No, no. That's masks all, and that's vaccinations all... are how you get get it down. Period. I think Korea had a lot of it down before the vaccines. Yeah, it was mask wearing, and they and they didn't go out in public. Exactly. See, well, yeah, multivariable. Boom, right. nailed it. X's and Y's, baby. Or X's and O's. That's that one song by the daughter of that uh, actor. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's daughter, yeah. I think that's probably the only song she's done. Yes. Yeah. You know who I like, though? Tones and I. Who? She does that Dance Monkey song. Oh, yeah. She's all right. Yeah. Well, she got a cool voice. That's yes. All. She reminds me a little bit of Duffy. Oh. I'm begging you for mercy. Word. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, bet. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. With well, that, that being note. said, enough depressing stuff. Let's talk about happy things. <laughs> On that note, we love you guys. Do good. Be great. Be great. Love, love you guys. I can see you now with a party at. We the ones that he's just let into the back. We the misfits. How you going to react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. Ain't the status quo. It's rock and roll. This is Skydive Yellow.